Sally Baker uh, with the latest episode of On the Sofa with therapist Sally Baker and I'm here focusing on Love Island. So Maura and Alma have shaken up the villa by declaring their intention to find love and making it clear that no boy is off limits. This is the sort of direct strategy that Molly May used when she arrived and set her sights first on Tommy and then expanded her interest out to Danny and Anton. Molly May, though, as a disruptor, was all over pretty quickly. As she coupled up with Tommy, just as quickly as that happened, Joe scooped up Lucy, which left only uh, Yuanda uh, not sure where she stood with Danny. So, and this scenario playing out now feels much more antagonistic, much more polarizing, and much more anxiety provoking for the resident girls in the house. The girl code has gone to the wall and the dividing factors now are resident girls at the original cohort, including Molly May, versus the newly arrived girls. And their attitudes are really very different. So when Curtis was chosen on a date with Molly May when she came in, he made sure he reassured Amy before the date and immediately afterwards that everything was okay with him and Amy and that nothing had changed. And that reduced any chance of misunderstandings. Equally, I guess, from a kind of viewer's perspective, it decreased any chance of drama because we were clear all the way through where Curtis stood and where his loyalty was. So Tommy failed to do this or simply didn't want to, to reinforce all the promises that he'd made so recently to Molly May. That he was, you know, not going to have his head turned, was going to go to the moon and back and would be only focusing on her. Tommy's absence of care for Molly May spoke, speaks volumes about his attitude to her and he's admitted now after his date with Maura that he's had his head turned a mind-boggling 550 degrees. Is that even humanly possible? No it's not but hey maybe Tommy can do that. Michael's date with Maura almost cost him his blossoming romance, romance with Amber. He wasn't quite as attentive as Curtis, you know, because Curtis has laid down the gold standard for how to be attentive. And he left Amber feeling vulnerable by not reassuring her before the date or checking in with her straight afterwards how she was. And you might ask, well, why should he? I mean, they're just, it's Love Island. They're all there to find love. It, this is the game. But if he really wanted to um, protect Amber from feeling any kind of discomfort or any kind of worry, then paying attention to her is a way of showing his care and love for her. So that would have been a great thing to do, but he didn't kind of properly pull it off. Amber doesn't want to let anyone see that she's bothered or was bothered by Michael's attitude. Even when she's sitting in the beach hut talking to the world, talking to all of the viewers, saying, I'm not bothered, I'm not bothered, and repeatedly saying, actually, she is bothered. Um, the one person she really, really doesn't want to let know she cares is Michael. And I'm not sure that strategy of hers actually helps her case. I think Michael is more trustworthy and keener on her than she gives him credit for. 
In fact, most of the time he spent with Maura on his dinner date was telling Maura how happy he is with Amber and how he really wants to give it a go. So, you know, he does need a bit more credit paying to him than Amber does. Amber's war cry of all I know is I never lose and Molly May admitting that Tommy isn't clever enough just to be doing this to wind her up. And her distress at saying he's choosing a girl he's known for 20 minutes over her who he's been sharing a bed with for six nights was the lead up to a gloves off argument between her and Tommy. Now, this is more of a symptom of the villa's hothouse effect than what she's at risk of losing. Molly May has had real reservations about Tommy since she arrived in the villa, which is why she, and I'm quoting, categorically hadn't given him the green light so far. What Love Island does, and it does it really well, is magnifies and turns up the heat on every conceivable emotion, blowing things up out of all proportion. It's easy to imagine in the real world, in any other situation, if Tommy had behaved in this way to Molly May, she would have breathed in, sighed a breathe out, and sighed actually a, breathe, a sigh of relief, as it was clear proof that he's not for her. She could have just clicked her heels together and moved on. Not my monkey, not my circus, and, and not for her. But within the confines of the villa, everything is exaggerated, and under all of that bravado, all of that name calling, all of that silly caterwauling, is real anxiety over two girls who are no more beautiful or alluring than anyone else in the villa. And what the resident girls did through their behavior was empower the new girls, make them seem much more powerful than they are, and make the boys feel empowered to put themselves out there a more sanguine, a more I couldn't care less kind of attitude from the resident girls would have gone a lot further for them. The, if they had had, if they could have conjured up the attitude of, look, let's go somewhere else in the villa where we don't have to sit watching over them. Let's just go where we're not watching them whining and dining. And let's just believe that we are worthy enough to deserve the love and loyalty from the boys if they are right for us. That would have served them better. So actually all they, they exposed was their vulnerability. It might look like anger, it might look like bullying, it certainly might look like silliness, but actually under all of that was just their vulnerability. Tommy looks like he's checked out already. Michael is back with Amber and whatever she says on air to camera, you can tell she's really thrilled and happy. So let's hope that can just progress some more because she's a really defended girl. Everything else is to play for, including Yuanda and Danny. So let's fingers crossed there. Love Island is only a game, but it's a bloody one.